What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Waco, Temple, Colleen, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You're tuned in here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Bartlett spinning the one and twos. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online studios, and today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Your number to participate is 1 800 707 9760. Again, that is 1 800 707 9760. If you know what you want to talk about, like always, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that we discussed on yesterday's show, if you didn't have an opportunity to call, uh, you can parlay that over to today. And anything that we're discussing on the docket today that you would weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to do that as well, too. We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and during the segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, keep in mind if you need to reach out to me or follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Sports Grind. And if you want to stream the show live and leave live comments, I'll respond to those in real time. If I don't get to them during the show, I'll respond to them later. You can go to the business Facebook page of Sports Grind Entertainment, or you can go to my personal page, Facebook page, and you can leave comments. And like I said, I'll get to those or read those in real time. And also, if you ever miss any of the shows live, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the daily podcast seven days a week. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Mr. Clark? You ready? Yes, sir. Ready to rock and roll. All right, Bartlett. What's up, man? What's, what's up, guys? Real quick, I want to give a shout out to my old man. Turned 75 today, so happy birthday, Pops. Yeah, all right. Happy birthday, Mr. Bartlett. 75. Yes, right around my dad's age, so happy birthday to him. I don't know if our generation, like I said, is making it that age anymore, you know, but happy birthday, Mr. Bartlett. Um... Okay, so it's Tuesday, man, so we've got quite a bit to get to. Uh, we're going to start here shortly, putting a cap on week six last night that ended in L.A. Uh, between the Denver Broncos and the L.A. Chargers. Definitely will give my take on that situation at whole. Uh, just really an ugly situation uh, that's going on in the Maha City. I'll definitely give you my takes on that. Um, also, we'll get to some other NFL news as well, too, that we didn't get to yesterday uh, as well. Big Ben has spoken out on Tom. Now the national media is about 24, 48 hours later, but now they're discussing the whole absence and stuff. Well, future Hall of Famer Big Ben weighed on on his podcast on what he thought on what he saw. So I want to get to that. Uh, also, uh, of course... It's October, so it's October. Um, postseason baseball continues to roll on. Yankees and Indian, I mean, Cleveland Guardians, excuse me, got rained out yesterday. They're going to be having first pitch here within an hour, right about an hour. Are they having weather again today? Don't tell me they're having weather again today. Well, I'm, I'm just shaking my head for the fact that it's a very controversial rain delay yesterday. Um, it, again, the, the people that flood my, uh, time, my timeline and stuff like that on, on Twitter, uh, there's a lot of Cleveland people, right? And, uh, you know, being from that area, I follow a lot of them and, and there's a, a controversial rain delay yesterday because that gives the Yankees bullpen an extra day of rest where, you know, you could have maybe delayed the game later, played the game later. Cause now you're going to have whoever wins today is going to go right into the ALCS tomorrow so, and play play another game but so there, it's it's a you know, it's okay. a, an advantage well, is what a, Cleveland the, the, is kind well, of feeling this is I, don't, what I don't know if you feel that way Well no no because first of all you Cleveland people are cut from a different cloth 
I mean, all of y'all could be ghost riders for Oliver Stone. Y'all have a conspiracy that the whole sports world is out for Cleveland. So this is my deal. So if it's controversy, what did y'all want him to do? I mean, are y'all mad at Mother Nature? Are you, are, or is this some Oliver Stone conspiracy theory that baseball deliberately had a rain delay? Because you, you and your Cleveland, whatever you want to call them, you know, y'all y'all chirped about this on the first game that was rained out. That it kind of messed the rotation. Why did it take them that long? Why did they schedule that? I could kind of see that one. I, I can understand that thought process because a lot of people, whether you were a Cleveland fan or not, agree with that narrative. You're losing me, and y'all Cleveland got people are losing me on this whole controversy of yesterday's. You know that the reason why they waited forever to call the game is because they really need to try to fit that game in. It's called October baseball, not November. I mean, other than that, I think what nine eleven, and maybe what the the COVID season twenty twenty. Those only ones we had really a World Series in November. So I don't want to get bogged down in this, but just what is the meat of the controversy from coming from the Oliver Stone Ghost Rider fans of Cle and I'm saying all Cleveland sports. Look, no one's no one's honked the horn bigger down here in the 210 for the last i don't know 10 years that i've been on 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 rate 10 of the 18 years i've been on radio about the alamo browns backers down here way before i knew who jonas clark was but there's one thing about that group of sports fans in cleveland they're passionate but they think the whole sports world is out to get them so again for the last time what is the controversy in yesterday and what did y'all want them to do well if you asked all of them you'd rather just see them play the game push through the weather um, you know, there's it, there's another thing factor too. If you know that there's inclement weather on the way, do you do you push up the start time? If you, if you really are that crunched, rather than you know forcing either team, whoever wins, it's a winner take all. Uh, to have to play a back to back, putting a potentially at a disadvantage when you know in the semifinal round of the of 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 baseball. Well, don't, I'm not I'm not taking. Well, let me tell you something. I'm not taking the push up to start time from y'all because y'all bitched and complained because Cleveland never gets put in prime time. Like like they play 162 games in the regular season, man. This sport is played during the day, but Cleveland base is going to bitch and complain because they put them at 11 o'clock start, not in prime time. So don't tell me about pushing well, now up. now they're playing earlier okay, today anyway, well, so it doesn't really matter. Well, I'm not hearing about pushing up the time slot because that's not what y'all want anyway. But moving on. Like I said, they're supposed to have first pitch here, hopefully, less than an hour. You have that going on tonight is the start of the NBA season that gets underway, the 2022 season. Uh, we're going to be having, actually, Keith Smith of CelticsBlog.com. We've had him on before, and also he's a contributor writer to Spotrack as well, too. Uh, uh, he had a very interesting tweet that Jonas brought to my attention uh, a few days back in regards to his uh, drum that he's been beating about the Spurs in regards to how the Spurs should handle this situation that they're in and this whole rebuild slash tank slash transition, whatever you want to call it. So I definitely, like I told you yesterday in the show, anytime that we can get an outsider opinion from this area that has regards to the Spurs, I'm all for it if they're open to come on this show. So definitely going to talk to him about that. And the team he covers, Boston, they open a night uh, at home uh, taking on the Philadelphia 76ers, another one of the teams that's supposed to contend in the East. Definitely get his thoughts on that. Where does Boston go with the whole Emi Adoka situation? So we'll be talking to him, uh, top 
top of the next hour. Uh, so we'll join with that. We'll touch on a little bit of the NBA. Like I said, there's two games on the docket today. It gets going with Boston, and it gets going with Philly. And then the nightcap sees Golden State raising another banner and getting more rings heading into the season with a smother of controversy in regards to Draymond Green. Does he get moved before the trade deadline? Is this his last season? You know, uh, does this mean because they signed Jordan Poole that he's not going to get an extension with them? All the things that I believe this coach and this team are prepared to handle, they start their quest for going back to back tonight at home against the Lakers. Lakers, on the other hand, pretty much almost the same team, a little bit core, new coach. Uh, new philosophy, uh, new, I mean, another season in regards to how to handle rest was Russell Westbrook, excuse me, how to handle him. You know, is he going to be able to handle coming off the bench? You know, that's another thing that will be on display starting tonight. And then everybody will be up and going tomorrow as the league gets all the way up and going. Speaking of the NBA, there's reports out there, um, you know, with TNT, you know, they're bringing back the whole crew. Uh, inside the NBA, they're bringing back the whole crew. And reports have it that um, Charles Barkley has agreed to a 10-year extension that could be worth up to $200 million. Okay, $200 million. All right. Maybe it should have gone in TV or tried to do play-by-play, but that's Charles. Now, granted, he had the whole – remember, he flirted all with Tour Live. You know, these are negotiations that start way ahead of time. So remember, he kind of did that. But, you know, the report is it's about a 10, 100 million dollar, 10 year deal. But then it can if he fulfills it. And I don't know what there's other incentives, but can all the way go up to 200 million. They sewed up everybody else. Shaq, Kenny, Ernie, you know, they won a lot of Emmys. So props to them. Uh, you know, they have a lot of passive buyer people that don't really care about the NBA that watch that show. So uh, Chuck and hey, keep it real with Chuck. Give him credit for keeping it real. Just said, hey, man, if it wasn't for Shaq and Kenny, I'd still probably be left. He goes, but hey, I'm not going to lie to you. This is altering life changing money. So, yeah, 200 million to go ahead and talk on television there you go so that gets up and going full slate tomorrow your san antonio spurs will be in action uh tomorrow i believe they're opening up uh with the was it the wizards or the uh it's the charlotte the hornets. charlotte hornets there you, know. you go so you can yeah. have the first loss is you Char- know san Antonio to lose. well no ball i think ball's right. out or whatever i don't know what they're Spraying doing with ankle. him uh, they're three-point dog at home opening. Um, and it's just going to be one of those situations. I'll get more into it uh, tomorrow about the Spurs, in my opinion, with them. And we'll definitely get Keith Smith's opinion here when we interview him here in the next hour. Um, also, what else we got going on here as well? Touched on baseball, NFL, college. The only thing with college, you know, AP, things come out. You know, TCU cracked the top ten. They came in at, at number eight through the AP. And this is really the first year on this show that we've made. I've made as much reference to the AP because it's always been about, hey, man, forget the AP. Wait to the first. You know, the committee is the committee. Don't screw the AP. We had a philosophy on this show for a long time. But I kind of loosened that up because I figured the committee, they've changed their ways every year. What their criteria really is, what they're looking for, for the four. So I said, what the hell? Might as well pay attention who the AP has. Well, TCU has cracked in the top ten. And I will tell you. They're coming in eight. Texas is 20th. And this is just another example of what I say about when you can really technically feel that Texas is back or Texas is on their right path. This is what Texas cannot allow. You can't let 
you know, TCU, Gary, shout out to Gary Patterson. I mean, he brought he built that program up, always respected defense, put guys in the league. It's TCU, though. Okay? So the point is, is that you can't have a Big 12 program or a program in Texas, let's just say, because they're going to be leaving the Big 12 in a couple years. You can't have the Baylors of the world, TCUs of the world, the Techs of the world, okay? Oklahoma you can't, State. Um, well, really just the Texas schools. I mean, I, mean, I mean, you can put that, but I'm really focused on the oh, Texas okay. schools. But, yes, I mean, but really this is more about Texas in this region when we talk about is, is Texas really on the way back. You can't have them ranked, any of those teams ranked in the top 10 in the AP or anybody's poll, and you're not in there. That's when you know you're back. It's not about taking Alabama down to a field goal or, you know, if we had Ewers that game, we would have won. We're back. We stomped OU, a struggling OU team, 49-0. to Even though you handled your business, you had to do that. That's that Props to that. That's what you're supposed to do to a robbery when they're down is kick their ass like that. But that doesn't mean you're on the way back. So the truth of the matter is that right there, stuff like that has to be eliminated. If TCU's going to be eight, y'all should be somewhere in the top five or maybe one slot behind them. If Baylor's going to be sitting there ever ranked in the top ten or top eight, Texas has to be right there. Or there's nothing close to sitting there saying that Texas is back. That's just the truth, Austin. That's just the truth. I mean, y'all got enough people down there to kiss burnt orange ass anyway. I just try to keep it real and fair. And just tell you, I'm not going to sit there and just put powder, baby powder on and rub it on and say it's okay. No, it's not. You know, they look, I think Sark's going the right way. He's got a couple years, I believe, off of the Archie recruit. The type of players, the defensive, the way they play on the D-line, you know, the offense, they, they show signs of trying to get there and get ready for the trenches, which is the SEC. But they're not there yet. You can't go into Ains, a team that's lost three games in a row, on the verge of losing four in a row, which they did the first time in Matt Campbell's tenure since he showed up in Ames, Iowa. You can't go down in the fourth quarter to take that game away. Still got a lot to prove today. And they got a monster one with Oklahoma State. I don't know if that's this week or next week, but it's a big one coming up with Oklahoma State. You know, even though Oklahoma State's coming off that loss. 1-800-707-9760. All right, so let's start and put a bow on week six of the National Football League that took place last night in L.A. as you had another AFC West showdown on primetime uh, that put pace of the Denver Broncos going on the road to take on the L.A. Chargers. 19-16 to 16 in overtime, Denver falls short once again after falling three games in a row and falling two to four. Chargers improved to four and two after that performance. Uh, first off, was it a, did it look as bad as last Thursday night? To be, be honest with you, no, it didn't. Um, is it one of these games that I feel that look like if you look at just games on Sunday and selected ones, some of these same games or these type of games are getting played on other games, but it's just highlighted because this particular team has been on primetime for four times. They've been involved in these games, but if you look across Sunday, there's a lot of these games that's happening like this. And it goes back to one of the points that Jonas was trying to say after week two, which I pushed back on him, and maybe he's absolutely right, which we'll visit that. But this is the deal. Let's just talk about last night. Um, look, man, you know, with certain organizations and certain money comes expectations and comes performance expectations. And right now what I'm seeing before we get to the Chargers, because if you're a Chargers fan, you shouldn't feel so happy either. 
But before I get to them, if you look at the Denver Broncos and what's going on, I think that everybody is highlighting the fact of the 10 for 10 in the first quarter and whatever. I mean, he had a QBR in the first quarter, 121 or something, 10 for 10, a touchdown. And then all of a sudden, all hell broke loose and the wheels fell off in the second half. And you go from basically missing a read from a wide, uh, a wide open tight end that basically you, you got it. You know, somebody's grandma's high school quarterback is supposed to see that. Then go from just not being able to do anything offensively. OK, that right there to me, what I read into that is there again goes back to what I've said every week after week two coming in here about that particular team when they play, especially on primetime. There's that shows me that there's okay. And we talked about this too, especially with Kellen Moore. Hey, most coaches now, credit to Mike Shanahan, he was one of the first ones to do this. But having, and I think you go back to probably Bill Walsh as well, too. But when you have your first 10 or 15 plays scripted, and what that looks like to me is the fact, like, hey, man, we're going to do this, what you okay, this is how we're going to do it the first 10, 15. And then after that, this is how we're going to do a little bit of my way, speaking of hacking. Okay, that's what that reads into me in regards to the disparity between the first quarter of offense compared to what happened the second half. Now, there's more to it than just that. It's not just as simple as that. There's some other factors that could play into that. I think the Chargers actually played into it by benching C.J. Jackson's ass, which got paid too in the offseason, which has been a bust for the Chargers as well too. He got benched and it ended up helping his own team. You know, that's also when the big plays went away. We'll continue to get into that when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail. Like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients. Just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang. Always bold, always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Cry. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Listen up, San Antonio and Austin. Let me tell you about Stoli Vodka, our new partner. Handcrafted in Latvia, the award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. Uncompromising spirit is the kind of belief that turns players into icons. 100% grain-to-glass Stoli Vodka's starting lineup includes the iconic premium cucumber, vanilla, raspberry, and blueberry. If you want to learn more, visit Stoli.com. Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the sports crime. 
Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. All right, 1-800-707-9760 is your number to participate. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Stoli Vodka, all right, which is handcrafted in Latvia. The award-winning Stoli Vodka has held the bar high for quality, combining innovation with century-old traditions to create something both refreshingly modern and exceptionally classic. That is Stoli Vodka, official sponsor of the sports crime. All right, so continuing from last night. So let me continue on the team that's in turmoil that lost that's um that everybody is dissecting first of all that's what that tells me from 10 for 10 a touchdown qbr of 121 or something for the first quarter and all hell wills it's like hey we're gonna do this kind of this way your way and then we're gonna run some of that i want to go this way that tells me one of the solutions the things that could be could be wrong but it has to be that's one of the things that i'm telling you that it has to be Number two, part of this has to be the fact that from what I've heard through sources out there, okay, not Mike Cliss, but that the fact that Russ is wanting, this was part of the plan on Russ wanting to be coached this way in regards to trying to play the game strictly from the pocket. Because he showed up saying that I'm going to play 10 more years. I want to play and compete for championships. And basically there's reports out there that have been told that, hey, he wanted to model his game out for Drew Brees. Drew Brees played a while. Now that to me, if that's the case, that takes time. And at the end of the day, well, hell yeah, it's going to look like you fit in a, uh, you know, a Phillips through a fat head, flathead or a screwdriver, whatever the hell analogy you want to see. Yeah, it's going to look that if that's the case. Or third... When you talk about the torn, partially torn lat, now he's going to have an MRI. Now it's a hamstring situation. Or either the fact of it is it was on the right path, and then he tweaks some things. The way the injuries have came out of reported after the last two games to where I'm at with it, then basically go ahead, sit him down. Sit him down. There, there's, the, there's a buy in two weeks. You've got the Jets that are red hot that are coming in. After that, you go to London for Jacksonville and then the bye and then the Raiders. Sit them. Sit them for two weeks, put Rippon in there. Put Rippon, because I'm always a foreign believer, whether it's a team I have interest or not, is that if you've got $250 million tied up, which is the franchise at this point, you don't risk that, especially where he's at in his career. You don't risk that over a first-year run or just the competing or trying to make a playoff run. Sit his ass. That's really what they should do because then that way it gives them a pass on a couple things. If part of the performance is basically health-wise, which I don't think it's all to that, I think it's some to that because some of it is mental and some of it is just the system and the play calling that Hackett is trying to do right now. 
It allows you to put a guy that's been in there for a few years. Grant, Grant, he's learning this new system just when Russ did. But you know what? There's some guys, even that might not have the talent of the starter, that pick up on systems quicker or maybe fit just other than others. Look at Zappi in New England. I'm ready for them to put Ripon in. If we're going to have injury leaks after the game, and then now it's an MR with the hamstring. And he, he confirmed it, by the way, yesterday in the postgame. And the one thing, this is a different demeanor that I saw with Russ in his postgame last night. And it's a different demeanor in his head. The first time he didn't end with the, hey, let's ride. Because he figures that he understands that, hey, it's getting to the point up there where people are searching for answers. So they need to sit him. And it's almost the perfect time to do it. You, you, you have the Jets coming in, which is basically a quarterback playing in his rookie year as well, too. Second year, Zach Wilson. They're red hot. They just went to Lambeau in a tough environment to win. Then you got Jacksonville and London. Then you go to the bye. Then you got another division game. Get them ready for the Raiders. That's where I'm at with it. Lastly, on this situation, if I'm the Pinner group, the ownership that just paid a record 4.7 or $4.5 billion for the Denver Broncos, if I'm, if, if I'm the Pinner group and the owner, and if we got to bring Candelisa Rice, Condoleezza Rice, if we got to bring her in the meeting, bring her in too. Before I talk to Hackett or before I talk to Russ, I've got to have George Payton sit down. If I'm the owner of this new team and I'm a value, see him in the press box. They're sitting there evaluating everything. These are business people. Okay. They just didn't, they didn't just decide to cut it down to one lane every night at Walmart after nine o'clock, just overnight. They took time to go in and build a plan. They're evaluating everything. So if I'm the Pinner group and I'm the ownership, the first person has got to sit down with me is George Payton. And I've got to ask George Payton, like, hey, let me ask you, what, what what's going on? Like, what do you see? What is this? It, I mean, outside the injuries, what's going on with our coach and our quarterback? The next thing I would ask him is, okay, you had a decision that this was a decision that you felt, and they had to sign off on it. You let us to sign off on it because we were transitioning the team. What was the mind pro uh, process of giving him an extension with two years left? Let him explain that. And then the last question I would ask George Payton, because to me he's been batting a 1,000 up until, you know, recently until these questions get answered. And the last thing, if I'm the Payton family, I would ask him, based off of what did you make the hire of Nathaniel Hackett? And I would and I would sit back and ask and I would let George explain that to me because there's some people out there and I, I can't even push back on that because I can only go back to what George told everybody that pays attention and follows and reports on that team in Denver where Nathaniel Hackett hire was made regardless if they were going to get Aaron Rodgers or not. There's some people out there that think that basically Hackett got this job or thinking that he was going to coach Aaron Rodgers, not Russell Wilson, is not a fit. I'm not saying I buy that into that. There's a lot of things out there. When I look at on the field, it's obvious to me that the wide receivers and Russell Wilson, it's not even just the – they're just not – There's especially Judy and Russ, they're not even on the same play that's called, it looks like, half the time. Judy's not even looking for the ball in most instances at the time. That's not just on the same page of what we're calling or just a disconnect. And the reason why I know Hackett is a young coach, and this is why I said I'm going to give him the whole year, whether they don't win another game this season or set records for one of the worst offenses since the merger in NFL history, i got to go with it to the full 17, eight weeks because it's the logic thinking of this to get the whole body of work. But if Hackett is in a situation, and I'm the pinner group, and you really hired 
Hackett without a damn near under the table illegally signed document that Aaron Rodgers is going to coach this team. That is almost grounds of termination to be two years and done. He would be two years on the job and done. So, but when I look at just the what's on the field and the coaches, one thing that's unexcusable, whether it's a rookie coach, whatever, because it's about your culture, what you speak. I have been interested and followed this team for 38 years. And I can't remember, out of all those 38 years, I cannot remember the time that the Denver Broncos led the league in penalties in anything. That's a culture, that's a coaching problem. That's a coaching staff problem. Now, I see Adam Magoria, you know, chiming in here on Facebook Live. and says, Denver defense has to be heated about their offense level out. A guy like Justin Simmons... It's like when you go through so much adversity in life or you just have bad luck, other people would freak out about it sometimes or how you handle stress. Some people are just numb to it because it's their life. A lot of those guys, a few of those guys that's been there for a while on that defense is they've carried this franchise over the last five or six years, even the year that they won the Super Bowl, they carried the offense. Their body's almost numb to it. But it comes to a point to where clicks can't start to form. That is a championship top defense that they have. And that's with guys on IR. I really honestly believe that without just not even a biased opinion, full, if we're talking full healthy, it's the 49ers defense and it's Denver's defense of what I've seen through six weeks, fully healthy. If you talk about the best on a different level, I would be irritated too, especially if I'm Justin Simmons and I've been there for years through this. The question is going to be, are these fixable problems? I don't know. But I just think with the injury situation, the way it's been leaked, because for the most people, it sounds like excuses. Just keeping it 100. It sounds like excuses. So where I'm at to it, if there's legitimacy to this, put Rippin in. He's been there. Put Rippin in. Offense can't look any worse. And that way, let Russ step away from it and take a look at it. Number two, I said it after week three or four. In the offseason, and I've told y'all that this is a five-year deal, man. This I've never looked at this as just a one-year deal, regardless how it, how it looked. And regardless, if you fire a coach, I had somebody on Twitter ask me, do I think that Hackett's going to make it to the end of the season, whatever. I told you personally, the only way that I really would condone moving on from Hackett, that's if Sean Payton really wants to coach Russell Wilson. But the word on the street is he wants that L.A. gig with Hibbert. I mean, do you blame him? So other than that, no, you got to go roll. You, you made this bed, you got to roll. Unless the new ownership group says, hey, man, that wasn't our hire. But that's the reality of the situation on where it stands. Going forward from them, I mean, if you look at the – on the other side of the Chargers, hey, a win's a win. They've got some issues. A lot of people talk about their injuries, but you know what? Man, the Chargers injury, even before Bosa got hurt, their defense, they got a lot of hype that did a lot. They spent a lot of money on defense in offseason too. C.J. Jackson got benched last night, and it helped them. If you notice, when C.J. Jackson went out and he got benched, the, the long balls and wide receivers on broken plays, them things disappeared. As a whole, as we look back how we looked at the division as the summer, and where we looked at now, without a question, the AFC West was overrated. I mean, you can even look at the Kansas City Chiefs, who I feel is still the cream of the crop of that division, but you still look at the way they've kind of showed signs here, even though they only got two losses, that it can sit there and say, well, man, you know, the offense is looking, but the defense, okay, well, the corner. So overall, yes. 
And then the Raiders are just having the Raiders problems. But the situation is, is that it's the, the, the honeymoon, like to me, I tell you, Hackett is in the same situation. I believe that coach from Carolina, Matt rule was in. You got a new owner coming in and the ownership. And at the end of the day, it wasn't just in that situation where you have a, with a quarterback and you're sitting there, you can't get the quarterback situation, but you're going through all that and just ownership. Hey, you're out. Nathaniel Hackett is, is there has to be a sense of urgency because him and George Pay have to understand that 4.7 billion is a lot for an investment for any kind. And if you really want to invest that and this is really what you want to do, you pretty much are going to evaluate everything and have to make some tough decision, even if that means a one and done your coach. That's going to set them back anyway. So all the Denver fans that want Hackett gone, just to let you know, that's a setback. It's going to set you back. It's a new offense. It's, it's again, that we're all trying to go ahead and have to learn new. It's going to set you back. The one last thing I will say, and moving on from this, and we'll get to Cowboy James' phone call, this also is an example of how hard it is to win when you don't have an owner in place and ownership, just in, de in decisions making. Go back to this franchise after the Super Bowl, after, Gary, after John Fox and Gary Kubiak at the Super Bowl. What do they do? They make a decision. They hire a first-year head coach, Vance Joseph. Didn't work out. All Vance just kept saying, hey, we had a great practice. That's all Vance just kept saying. Didn't work out. Go to the next coach. Same guys involved, same decision made. Go get a first-year head coach. Hell, he's been around for 30 years. Vic Vangio, first-year head coach. Didn't work out. Same group involved because you got to know that the fans are asking like, hey, man, we love you, man, John, but you got to go and do something different. Hey, okay, new coach. Same people involved, first-year head coach Nathaniel Hackett. If you have an owner, if the Penitent group is there owning this team, let's say three or four or five years ago, or the Bowen family is still, Pat's still involved, you know what an owner does? It says, wait a minute, I think we tried the first-year head coach two years in a row. It didn't work. Let's see about somebody's got some experience. When you don't have an owner, those decisions aren't made like that or not thought like that, and sometimes you find yourself in the decision. They're two and four. There's a lot of teams, and this goes back to Jonas's point in week two when I had pushback because, again, I know you got teams. Like I said, L.A., the Rams got hot back in November of last year, December. They went on to win the Super Bowl. But when Jonas said, hey, man, when I look at it, man, there's about two or three teams, and there's a bunch of everybody else's. And I said, well, Jonas, I don't know about that. Well, you know what? Through week six, that's probably the best observation you can make of the NFL because there's a bunch of teams that are three and three. There's a bunch of teams at two and four. This is the quickest, I think, that we've had in the NFL in years going back that there hasn't been a team that doesn't have a win yet. And you can really say that there's two teams. There's Buffalo. There's Kansas City. And I would say that's probably about it that doesn't have problems that are not either banged up some more than others that have coaching problems, that have quarterback problems, that have depth problems, whatever you want to say. 1-800-707-976. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Cowboy James. Cowboy James, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 and 1300 The Zone in Fox South Central Texas and Waco. What's up? Hey, what's going on, Cal? Uh, Jonas, how y'all doing today? All right, man. What's up, bro? Not much. Hey, uh, I just want to uh, give my uh, want to give my grade 
for uh uh Cooper Rush, man. Uh I'm gonna give him a B plus uh for what he done. You know, I almost turned the game off on uh on uh Sunday night because uh, I thought we was in bad shape, but the team played well and, and uh, you know, trying to make a comeback. The only other thing I got to say is I think we should be starting to look at Dan Quinn as far as keeping him as our defensive coordinator. If that means adding another ten, twenty million to his salary for the next uh three years to get him up to a hundred, I think it'll be worth it because whether we have Mike McCarthy or uh or um the the the, the Saints uh coach for a former coach, uh I think it'll take at least two to three years to bring us to a Super Bowl contingency, and I think we need to keep that defensive coordinator uh, there uh, to ensure that that defense stays stout. And that's all I got, man. Appreciate y'all for taking my call. All right, Cowboy James. Um, well, let me re- let me respond to that. First of all, I mean, the logic thing of that thinking kind of makes sense. But the reality of it is it's really up to Dan Quinn on really if he wants to go down the road of a head coach again. There's only 32 of those jobs, like I said. And you have a mix of ownership and owners and GMs that have different philosophies. That's what's going on in the NFL right now when you talk about hiring. Like I said, you have a very influx of young, young. And when I say young, I'm talking about guys that are like three, four, five years younger, younger than me, like 40, 41. 42, 39, that's young for first head coach. But what's happening with some of these young guys, They to me, it's, the way they play call and the way they talk, they do things, it's like a self-entitlement. Like, hey, man, this is how it's going to be. This is how I grew up. This is, a, this is the new way of doing things. Just like stuff we're having to deal with in society. Dan Quinn, I, the days, Cowboy James, of a Dick LeBeau, 15, 18, 20 years defensive coordinator Pittsburgh. The late, great Jim Johnson, Philadelphia Eagles, one of the best defensive coordinators. Those two are the best, in my personal opinion, those two guys I grew up on, those are the two best defensive coordinators to me in NFL history. And I would probably put, and on the outside next level is probably Wade Phillips. But the days of those guys being coordinators for a particular team, 15, 20, I think those days are over. And I just don't think Jerry Jones, even though money's not an object to him, unless Dan Quinn doesn't want to be a head coach anymore, if he feels like, hey, I found my place at home, this is is less stressful, that's the only way you're keeping Dan Quinn as a defensive coordinator. And I will tell you, even though Jerry, you got to understand this too, Cowboy James, Jerry's not into really paying big money to coaches. Bill Parcells was like the last guy that he had to really uh, scratch a check. This is the same guy that told a guy that won pretty much three Super Bowls to kick rocks. He's, he doesn't believe in playing big name and splashes for high-priced coaches. That's why I think the more I think about the Sean Payton situation, there's going to be more teams that's going to be able to offer more attractive things to Sean Payton that I don't even think Jerry's going to be able to compete with. It's not about what money can't buy. It's just about controlling the way the environment's going to be set up. But I wouldn't hold your breath to think that he's going to break the bank just to keep um, – you know, Dan Quinn. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is presented by Dosecchi's. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. We'll be back.